Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. It's Doug Cunnington here. And in this episode, we have a listener voicemail. So it's quite exciting. Now, the interesting and cool part, I'm going to spin this as a cool part, is this is a rebroadcast back from episode 35. So Benny sent in this great voicemail question about how many posts you should have on your first site or a site before you start moving on and sort of build your portfolio of niche sites out there. Never fear, it's not a full-on repeat. I'm going to talk about some new stuff afterwards, so I will I will replay the core information from Benny, including his voicemail, and then afterwards I'm going to come back on and we'll talk about some things. So, With that said, I want to thank my sponsor out there. This episode is brought to you by Ezoic. Ezoic is a Google certified partner and they've recently rolled out their new site speed accelerator. Basically, it speeds up your your site. It makes it load faster and you really see a huge improvement most of the time with the Google PageSpeed Insight score. Now, if you already have a high Page Insight score, then it's not going to go up as much, but I had experience with uh, one of my sites. Basically, it went from the high 20s, low 30s to the high 90s just by implementing the Site Speed Accelerator. Now, a few people have asked me about using Ezoic and basically using their DNS. The best way you can use the Site Speed Accelerator and Ezoic in general is to use their DNS. And the reason why is you're able to use their caching and their CDN. That's a content delivery network. Basically, those are services. Those are things you would typically have to pay for separately, but it's included with the site speed accelerator. There's a free seven day trial. So I encourage you to check it out. And again, people are concerned about using the DNS of some other third party. But basically, if you use a CDN, that is what you do. That That's like the thing that happens. If you use a CDN, you have to use another DNS and things are loading sort of outside of your normal registrar and your hosting account, but it helps your site load faster. So it's sort of implicit and I do it myself. So I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it too much. If you're using a CDN, then you're using other uh, servers to load your site anyway. This is a site speed accelerator, so you need to use caching in the CDN. Thus, you have a much faster loading site. So there's no harm in checking out the free seven-day trial. And thanks again to Ezoic. Benny from Dallas, Texas left a voicemail. That is the driver for this question. So thanks a lot, Benny. And for all you fine listeners out there, You can also leave a voicemail message if you'd like. I'll play it on the air. You obviously get a shout out and it has to be a decent question. All right, I'll I'll lay it out straight. It has to be a decent question. But I think if you put in the effort to call in, it'll be fantastic. And uh, there's no reason not to give it a shot. So there is a phone number in the description. I won't read it out now because you're probably doing something else. But it's in the description. So whenever you get a minute, you can uh, call in and uh, ask a question, uh, complain, leave a compliment. Actually, don't call and complain. I, I, I don't need any more of that. All right, let's get to Benny's question.
This is Benny from Dallas, Texas. I uh, have been a longtime listener. Um, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and your and watched a lot of your YouTube videos. So thanks for making all the great content. Um, my question was, how many blog posts uh, would you want on a website before moving on to the next one? Because um, I currently have one that I'm working on with a friend. We've, we've kind of become business partners. Uh, we have around 44, and at the end of the year, I'd like to get to 100 um, and then move on to the next site because um, that will be his first website, and this will be my second one. So trying to figure out when to move on to the next one. Um, we want to experiment, and, and we love the idea of having, you know, multiple sites, but we also see the value of having an authority site as well. Um, so, yeah, if I could just pick your brain and see what number you feel comfortable with, um, that'd be great. Thanks. First, Benny. Thanks so much for calling in. Really appreciate it. You are the first person that called in. And um, yeah, thank you. Next, you gave me a nice compliment there and I appreciate the support. Really do. Um, you know, I put out a lot of content. I spent a lot of time, you know, trying to, to be helpful. So I'm glad that you appreciate it. Now, the meat of your question is how many sites do you need or sorry, how many posts do you need on the site before you move on to the next site? And really, there's no great way to answer that, that it's going to work for everyone. The truth is, it really depends on what you're trying to do. So it sounds like you have a multitude of interests and you have a, a business partner and you're working on it together. Maybe you guys have like tons of ideas and you want to test them out. And you, you mentioned experimenting and, you know, just trying things. So I can respect, I can respect that. I mean, especially with two people working on it, again, you, you may be coming at things from a slightly different angle and want to experiment. So I get that. I mean, that's how you can learn too, right? You get an idea, you can test it out, see if it works or not. That's how you can come up with like maybe some competitive advantage over your competition because you're trying things and you have the capability to try things. Now, you mentioned you have about 44 posts and you want to have about 100 by the end of the year, which sounds fine. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll just tell you the pros and cons and maybe how I approach it. Um, for me personally... I would probably just like stick to the one site and just put a hundred percent effort in there and make it as big and huge and profitable as possible. That is what I would do because through, uh, <laughs> through, uh, many, I wouldn't say mistakes, but having, uh, like eyes that are bigger than my stomach, which is the wrong analogy here, but, I put too much stuff on my plate. What I'm trying to say is I tried to start too many sites at one time or even in a staggered fashion and then realized that I didn't have the time or resources. And at some point, the desire to even like continue on to work on the sites. So they just get neglected. Now it's not the worst thing in the world. And in fact, um, I've, put some sites aside and haven't touched them in now years, which is insane to me. And they're just sitting there, you know, they're out of the sandbox now, uh, making not much money. You know, I think I probably have 
uh, like two or three sites and cumulatively they're making hundred bucks a month or something like that, which is nothing to sneeze at, right? That's fine. But um, at the end of the day, it's like I published a lot of stuff uh, and then just left it and didn't do anything after that. So what you don't want to do is find yourself in a position where you're spread too thin, where you're putting, say, 30% effort into three different areas. And I know people are probably you know, you're shaking your fist at me at the radio, at your phone or whatever, wherever you're listening to this. And you're like, well, you know what? As long as I set up a system so that I can get stuff done um, for each site and have VAs help me and I'm going to outsource this and outsource that and I should be able to handle it. You can try. You could. You may be able to do it. You know, people are amazing and people are capable of different things and everyone's brain works a little bit different. But for me, it was just like a burden of stress. And if you are in a position to be working for yourself like me um, by setting that up with like by setting myself up with too many sites, I basically ended up feeling stressed out and beating myself up because I wasn't working on all the things I, that I needed to. And I just kept thinking, Oh, I need to like add more content over there. There's more keywords that I need to find. And Oh no, like the, the images aren't as good. And Oh no, it's this theme, blah, 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 blah. And it just really, um, stressed me out. Now I eventually got to a point where I was like, you know what, it's going to be okay if I just ignore those sites and focus on other things. And it turns out it is just fine. I can go back to those sites, refresh them, probably come back with like some deeper knowledge and that sort of thing. So for me personally, it makes a lot more sense just to, to focus on one thing. Don't get too many, uh, you know, irons in the fire there. Just focus on that one iron. And once it's set up, once it's stable, then perhaps move on, right? And and maybe this is what you can do. So you say you have a target for 100 posts by the end of the year. And right now when uh, we're recording this, when you sent it, it's like early April timeframe in 2019. So, I mean, that that's a pretty like long stretch of time. And I would assume you would have some system set up within the, you know, the first couple months, uh, not just the system set up, but I, I think you'd be able to set it up, refine it a little bit, and then you still have several months in the year. Now, in that case, what you can do is potentially start a new site so you can get the sandbox like time period running. For people that don't know what the sand sandbox is, the Google sandbox is a essentially unprovable um, sort of situation where Google doesn't rank your site quite as highly um, until after six months. And then anecdotally, that's anecdotal as um, first of all. And then I've also heard there's another sandbox that people seem to come out of after one year. And when you think about that, it does make sense. Maybe you get the ball rolling on that site number two maybe you get a little head start. Maybe you only put in 25% time for that, you know, first or sorry for the second site um, for the first six months. So you, you just get some, you know, some content out there and that sort of thing. Now I think 
Um, you know, working with a partner, it gives you some more flexibility to sort of split tasks and each of you f- perhaps focus on areas which you excel at so that you are, you know, maybe a little bit more efficient at writing content or working with the VAs or whatever. And maybe your, your partner, Benny, maybe they, maybe they're awesome with on-page SEO and they have like a little development background and they can do, you know, some cooler stuff, um, on that side. So this is a super long way to just not really answer your question, but to give you some of the pros and cons. Now, the thing is you will have time to work on all the things you want to work on. Um, you know, none of us know how much time we have left in this world to get serious, but um, probably you have a lot of time and probably you can start five, five sites, you know, you can write a book, <laughs> you can like go on a, a, a walkabout for a couple years all in your life, but you probably can't do all that stuff this year. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is you don't have to be in a hurry. Um, you could be patient and I think you will learn more, you know, being patient and generally, um, I, I don't think you're trying to take any shortcuts here. I want to make that clear, but a lot of times people are like, Oh, I want to, I want to short circuit this whole thing. I want to take the shortcut and blah, blah, blah. And usually that leads to decisions that aren't as good, um, than just being patient and, you know, going through the process going through the the painful process. Now, one thing you don't mention in here, Benny, I don't think, let me just pull up the, the text of your voicemail. Um, I'm not sure it, you mentioned how much you're making. So that, that could be interesting to note. Um, one thing I do like in your question is it's in the subtext here. You don't say it, but you're not focusing necessarily on the dollar amount or traffic. You're focusing on the system of doing the work, which I think is a great thing to do. So you're focusing on getting content published. That's fantastic because if you are only focusing on uh, those, they call them uh, lagging indicators, right? Um, if you're only focusing on the traffic and the profit, um, sometimes it's hard to tell if you're doing the right thing because, um, those are lagging indicators. So I think I, I can't remember if I talked about that in a previous episode, but a leading, a leading, um, sort of indicator or factor would be like the amount of content you're publishing and maybe the number of backlinks you're getting. Um, those are leading. So you do those things and then the results come after, um, the lagging, the lagging indicators are the traffic and the profit, which those are the things that are most important. But if you only focus on those, you're always lagging, especially with, uh, the fact that it could take six months um, to get out of the sandbox or, or a year to really get out of the sandbox. At that point, it's like, you don't know, um, you don't know what factors and what actions you took um, to cause the success because it was like a year ago. So anyway, the point is you're focusing on the system, get the content out there and then hopefully the traffic will come. Um, I'm assuming you're, you know, either using the keyword golden ratio or, um, and or building backlinks. So let me take a quick look to see if there's any other stuff in the, in the question here we need to talk about. 
I'll throw one other thing out there. Um, and I, I think the, the root of your question is, you know, how, how many posts before moving on? How many, how many posts? Um, a hundred's arbitrary. Um, it's a nice, you know, the century mark. It's a good arbitrary, like, milestone. But let me, let me just put some more ideas in your head to make this more confusing. Um, I think there's probably a lot of value especially given the age of your um, site by the end of the year, right? So uh, I'm assuming it's been around at least for a little while. Maybe you're already out of the sandbox. I don't know. Um, but basically, there's a huge amount of value in improving the content that you already have. So you already have 44 posts out there. And maybe you're already doing this, but I would say you know, go have a look at the Google search console or Ahrefs or SEMrush or um, some tool where you can see the keywords that you're ranking for. And you can go back, um, see the keywords you're ranking for for certain URLs, and maybe you're ranking for some terms which you're not even trying to rank for. If you add a little content on that topic, on that keyword phrase, then there's a good chance you're going to move up higher for that particular term. Now, in general, it's probably going to be uh, extreme long tails, you know, in most cases. However, if you do this in aggregate and you just go through, maybe every post doesn't have something um, that you could add, but if you do this, it will add up. All right. So a few more visitors a day, especially when it's very targeted. Again, those extreme or ultra long tails, um, they're very specific. People are looking for something and it's probably, um, very, you know, it's a detailed query. So if you can serve that visitor, that's probably a good thing. So that's just one thing you could do. I'm using, you know, data that you have. Again, the Google Search Console, it's free. You know, you, hopefully you're already using that. And then you can just pull data in which no one else can get. I mean, that is data specific for your site from Google, um, as pure as it can get versus um, any other of the, uh, you know, external tools out there like SEMrush, Ahrefs, which are great. You know, they're both great tools, but um, you can get it from the Search Console for free. Uh, further, you can also improve the content in at least two other ways I'll just throw out. So one, you can add an FAQ section, just a frequently asked questions section on your post. Uh, oftentimes, if you just Google whatever term you're trying to rank for, there will be many questions in the search engine result page, SERP, where you can just see what people are asking. You know, Google tells you exactly what people are asking. So you can add sections into the, your content. Um, additionally, if it happens to be a product review, then this is, you know, a second idea to improve the content. If it's a product review or a series of product reviews, you can add more details to each of the sort of mini reviews for the products. If there are multiple products listed on that review, or you can add more products like just find more products that fit the criteria um, for that particular post and add more of them. So you're just adding to word count, generally improving the quality. And finally, this, I'll give you three, all right? As I'm talking, I'm thinking of more. So, and the third one is like just to improve the buying guide using the RPM. That's the research paper method. If you're unfamiliar, you could check out the, uh, I think there's a video 
on YouTube and on Niche Site Project. I think there's a post or two on the technique, but basically you go out, you do some research and you fill in the gaps, you improve the content on your site. Um, usually, I mean, most likely you already have a decent amount of content on those posts. So, I mean, it shouldn't take a huge amount of time to go out there, do the research and then fill in the gaps and just make it better. So thanks again, Benny. I really do appreciate uh, the fact that you called in. So if other people have questions, other listeners out there, I'm talking to you, um, please call in, leave a voicemail and it'll be awesome. It's me again. I'm back and I'm going to completely change gears. This is a completely different topic. I guess I could have done a whole different show, but I didn't have all my thoughts pulled together. So I'm going to just riff a little bit here, let you know some things that have been going on with me. Number one, I have teased and talked about this for several months. I feel like I've been talking about this for six months or more. Shit, it could be longer. I don't even remember. But here's the deal. I... uh, got burned out with YouTube. Love YouTube. Pretty fun. You get all this data. You get all these analytics. You can see exactly when you do something that apparently annoys people, which I I don't have a huge uh, tick or anything like that where people just drop off a video, but you can see that. Usually it's at the very beginning. Someone start will start watching a video and then they drop off. It goes somewhere from, I don't know, like 90% or viewing after one second. And then it drops to like 40% immediately. I guess just the looks of me don't uh, really work out. I got a face for a podcast apparently. Anyhow, the point is I got burned out with YouTube just a little bit because I was creating a lot of videos based on really questions that were coming in. And unfortunately, they were the same questions coming in over and over again. Eventually, I got a little bored with it. YouTube comments could be a little treacherous if you read too many of them. And I would say I'm helpful and friendly for people that are uh, helpful and friendly towards me. Uh, But if you're a jerk in the YouTube comments, I will automatically be defensive and I'll just be an asshole. And I, I do see that. So I've, I've tried to stay away. I mean, I, I see my limitations and I see my, my triggers. So I was staying away just in a general sense. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do basically podcast interviews and then I'm going to publish them on YouTube. And then actually it was back in September, if you could imagine. September of 2019, I recorded, I think like 15 videos and just banked them. They were sort of evergreen. They were questions. And I recorded them right after I got back from my trip from Alaska. So got back, had a bunch of questions and I needed some content. And I shot all of them in like two hours. And then they've just been sitting there and I would publish one occasionally if I didn't have a video to go out on a Monday. All that to say, I've just been kind of doing my own my own content that I was interested in producing. And I haven't done that much in the form of evergreen content that will help grow my channel on YouTube, which I didn't have to do that for a little while. I was just kind of coasting. And I published a video a couple months ago that I didn't intentionally try to rank well in YouTube search, but it did pretty well just because I put in good keywords 
I've been doing some keyword research over the few last few years. So I kind of know a few things about it and I just put in some good keywords. It was a short video, pretty tight. It was a video that wasn't overly produced. I didn't have a script. I had a couple things that I wanted to do and pretty, pretty quick video to produce. I edited it myself, nothing flashy, just a screen flow, little talking head. And it took me 20 minutes basically to shoot it and to edit it, everything. So I've been talking to my friend, Ron Stefanski, one hour professor, and he's been dabbling on YouTube for a few years. And then this year in 2020, he decided he was going to double down. And I think he's been publishing something like three videos per week, a lot more keyword research driven and intentional. So I've been watching him grow his channel thinking, oh man, Ron's going to catch up with me. That full head of hair and his professor background, he's just, he's going to catch up with me and and surpass me. And, And I mean, he deserves it. Great channel. He's doing cool shit, all that stuff. And I kept, I kept saying, ah, you know what? I gotta, I gotta get back in there. And so finally, all right, I get to the fucking point here. So finally I decided I'm going to publish a video. I'm going to insert a lot more B-roll and try to write a script, make it tight, edit it down, edit it some more, and then publish the video and see how it does. What happens often with a video is it'll get an initial spike of views from your existing subscribers, if you have some. If you have a brand new channel, and you don't have many subscribers that get notifications, you may just see a handful of views and then most of your views are going to come via YouTube search or Google search, usually YouTube search. So I basically published this video. It got an initial spike and I'm hoping that it will slowly over the course of a few months start ranking in search for some search terms. And it's how to get traffic to a new blog or a new website. I watched this uh, video unrelated. Basically, it was on some current cultural topic. I, I actually don't even remember what it was, but I realized that it was just an essay and someone was narrating on the top of B-roll. And one of the commenters said, hey, I could see this channel's blowing up because the B-roll footage quality just jumped a bunch. And sure, I mean, the video had hundreds of thousands of views and I think the channel has like maybe a million subscribers or something. Anyway, it hit me. Ah, I don't have to do a talking head video 100%. I could throw in a ton of B-roll. And typically when I was learning more about B-roll and shooting video and doing a YouTube channel, most of the time, these are vloggers, these are videographers, they're filmmakers, they know what they're doing. So they are they are videoing B-roll of themselves, which not that it's beyond my capability, but I always overthink it. So if I'm trying to do B-roll of myself, usually it turns out stupid. So I need, I need to practice at it. So my, my personal, my own B-roll doesn't look like a, you know, little kid shot it. It looks like a real professional adult did it. So I need to work on my B-roll. Also, I have, I use ScreenFlow to do my video editing. I try not to do much video editing, but I use ScreenFlow when I do. And they have 
I guess like stock photos, stock video, and they have stock audio that comes with a little subscription. I think it's like 60 bucks a year. So if you watch the most recent video that I did on YouTube, how to get traffic to a brand new site on a low budget, there's a lot of B-roll in there and it was all from within ScreenFlow. And you know what? I don't even know if I'm an affiliate for ScreenFlow. I don't think I am, but that's the software that I use since the beginning. So I could do over the shoulder videos, tutorials, that sort of thing. And it turns out you could do fine video editing with it. And I just put in a ton of B-roll. I edited very tight, a lot of jump cuts. Typically my older videos, I left the pauses in like this podcast. There there are pauses. I will take a breath. And a lot of times, actually 99% of the time I leave them in on YouTube People are so distracted. They're in such a hurry that you have to cut out every little thing, at least for the types of videos that I do, or at least I'm testing it out. And what happens is if you move fast enough, if you have B-roll, if it's visually engaging and your content isn't terrible, a lot of times you'll be able to keep people on watching your video a little bit longer. Now, that's one thing that I haven't had an issue with because of the format of a lot of my interviews in the long format. Most of the time, if someone's watching a video of mine, they watch eight to 12 minutes. I mean, the videos are long. And if they, if they start it, they're usually moderately interested. So all that to say that I'm trying to make shorter videos. I really don't, I'm not making much money at all from any sort of ads on YouTube. So my goal would be grow the channel to have more subscribers, just in a general sense, and then to have people subscribe to my email list where I can deepen the relationship, maybe get them over to the podcast over here to the dark side where we can do long form content and people aren't in such a hurry. And There is, I mean, I've been putting a lot of time into the YouTube side, just in a general sense. So I've been growing very slowly. And in fact, I started growing a little faster, I think up through April, May timeframe. And then it sort of tapered down as I have been doing other work, which is fine. I mean, you can't do everything at once. I have a small team, so I'm not doing a ton in parallel. The other thing that I'm looking at is starting a couple new channels so that I can have the right the right videos published to the right channel where people want to see it. So what do I mean there? I have been publishing this podcast on YouTube. There's no video. It's just a thumbnail. And there are hundreds of people that listen to this show on YouTube. They The episodes come out about six months after they actually go live here. And it's confusing for some people on the YouTube side. They're like, dude, why did you just publish this like six months later? This seems weird, but they don't know. It's not, it's actually not their fault. Although when I saw the comment, I was like, dude, you gotta go, go to your podcast directory. Everything's there. You get it in real time, but it's not their fault. They only see what they know on YouTube and I'm glad that they're checking it out. So I've been publishing the podcast and I've also been publishing clips. So I have these long interviews and I know that some people don't want to see the long interview. So I would slice it down into sometimes as short as two or three minutes, but I'm trying to make them like about 10 minutes now 
my editor has those instructions anyway. So basically I'm probably going to start a clips channel, right? So it's just the highlights and just the clips. And then I'll have a YouTube channel as well. And then we will also have just the main channel, the Doug Cunnington niche site project channel, where I'm going to hopefully tighten it up a little bit. This is another YouTube algorithm, a Google algorithm sort of idea where YouTube sees how many people are watching a fresh new video. They have an algorithm to publish, um, or sorry, promote and suggest certain videos based on views. And I'm really diluting the overall channel by putting so many different kinds. I did what I could at the time without making it too complicated. So really all the other videos that I'm, that I've been talking about, those are automatically done. And at this point, it'll just be a matter of me you know, shifting it to a different channel. So it'll still be automatically done. It'll just go to a different channel, which is totally fine. Now, there will be a little cleanup as I migrate and transition it over, which I haven't even thought that through, but there's something like 160, 170 some odd episodes on the current YouTube channel, and I will likely just delete them all. I'm probably going to move I'm going to move them to their the proper channel, the Doug Doug Show podcast channel on YouTube and then everything'll live over there. It will probably be published in a real-time situation, but I'll probably just like dump everything over there and then catch up, clean up the existing channel and just delete 170 videos, I guess. Additionally, I have all those clips I'm not 100% sure how I'm going to deal with that either. I may, in the short term, just make all of them private so that I don't lose the data and all that. I'm not sure if I'm going to beef up the, the, the channel and just move all of them over. I'm not sure it's going to be worth the level of effort there, but I'm really, I, I'm not sure how it'll play out. I may find that there's not enough people watching the clips for it to actually be worthwhile. I know at least a few hundred people or a couple hundred people end up watching those. Every single one that comes out, they watch them. So there's many different styles. And like I said, I just know I was diluting the channel and I wasn't, I wasn't ready to take any action, but for whatever reason, I got a, got a B, B in my bonnet. Is that, is that the right expression here? I got a B buzzing me here. And then I was like, you know what? I think it's time. Let's see if I can kick up a new channel here pretty quick and just see what happens. So maybe clean it up because I'm ready to start growing the channel again. Now I see my buddy Ron catching up with me out there. So I want to make sure I'm pretty far ahead and perhaps even catch up with people that are far ahead of me. I've seen um, some some awesome growth with a lot of channels and my, my friends out there, which is cool. And I guess I, I'm getting jealous. I want a piece of the action. I'm like, I, I say, here's the other part. I keep saying, hey, I, I should do videos that will help grow the channel and I'll get around to it soon. So now I'm going to have to test that theory. I'm going to have to see, have I actually gotten better doing videos? Do I know what I'm doing? Can I actually grow a channel? So we'll see if I can accelerate the growth a little bit here. Pretty exciting. I think I'm going to call it a day here. 
So check out that new channel out there if it's something you might be interested in. And I will see you on the next episode. you so much for listening to the Doug show. I really do appreciate it. I mean, I'm just sitting here at my computer recording stuff and uh, you're listening to it. And I think that's awesome. If you enjoy the show and you know someone who maybe would be interested in it, please let them know. I think it would be fantastic if you help spread the word. If you are not signed up for the niche site project email list, well, you're in luck. All you have to do is go to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates. If you happen to not be subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe. And don't forget, I welcome your questions. So you could send uh, your emails to feedback at doug.show. I got that really cool domain, doug.show, that's it. So feedback at doug.show. Or I'm going to leave my voicemail number in the show notes. So all you have to do is give me a buzz, leave a voicemail, and then I'll potentially put you on the air. So looking forward to it and we'll catch you next time.